Thank you for your participation in our morning offering. Thank you for your faithfulness, and God has proven you faithful over the past month and continue to do that in the life of our church. I'm going to waver away just a little bit from uh, Galatians study, but not really. We're going to put into practice, as we see it put into practice in the rest of the scripture, what Paul has helped us to understand what is the gospel. The gospel, he says, is Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. I want you to listen to the reading of the word out of the book of Romans this morning. May it speak to your hearts. I'm not going to keep you very long today. I'm going to give you some time back, all right, from last Sunday so that I can take it again another day. You follow on the printed pages. I read from the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, the gospel according to Paul. Let's read it together. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as, as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism and death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life, a resurrected life, if you would. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with or destroyed, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if he, we died in, with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. The old hymn writer said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. 
There are countless folks in this building today that could say, I can give that testimony. I'm so thankful for God's amazing grace. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead in trespasses and sin, but I've been made alive in Christ Jesus. He has forgiven me. He has given me life, not only a life of righteousness as I try to live according to his will each day in my life, but he's given me everlasting life and promised me that that everlasting life won't just be when I die, but when he comes again, I'll have a new body and I will live with him forever in heaven. I'll have everlasting life. For those who have been saved, your life began at salvation. When you said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again and you live today. And in faith, I ask you, as I believe on you, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God, the Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I believe that you suffered the death that I should have died, that you suffered separation from the Father that I should suffer, but you've given me forgiveness. You've given me a relationship with the Father instead of being sent away from him. You've given me a relationship with him. You've given me a promise of living with him and you forever. And for that, I'm grateful. Dear Jesus, help me live for you the rest of my life. Many of you prayed a sinner's prayer very similar to that. You prayed to let Jesus come into your life. You prayed and confessed that you believed that he was the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried, and he rose again, and that he lives today. And because you believe that, you could ask him freely and, and with faith that he would come into your life because he is the living Savior the living Son of God, the resurrected one who promises through the person of his Holy Spirit that he will come in and indwell the life of everyone who would believe on his finished work on the cross, who would believe on his, his burial and believe upon his resurrection that he lives today, that he would come into your life and he would influence the things on your life, that he would guide your life, that he would bless your life. And he also says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will never fail you in any way. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas that he was born of a virgin, the Son of God, come to this world. He's the same Jesus who went around and did wonderful miracles and, and, and taught folks and preached the truth of who he was and why he came. He's the same Jesus that the crowds turned against him and bitterly hated him and wanted him to be done away with. He is the same Jesus that they cried out, he is not our king. Caesar's our king. Crucify this man, Jesus. And ultimately, he is the same Jesus who was scourged in the dungeon, who was carried out to Golgotha, and there nailed to the cross and became our sins, the one who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, the only way to know, to do, to become the righteousness of God 
is to be in Jesus. The only way to be in Jesus is to believe he is who the Scripture says he is, to believe that he did what the Scripture says he did, and to believe that he is at the right hand of the Father today, alive forevermore. Paul said in the book of Galatians that we have said several times that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Everything else is part of the counsel of God. I take nothing away from that. But everything else is a part of the counsel of God. But the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and that he arose and lives today. The question is, is not whether or not that's true. The question is whether or not Jesus is the Son of God is not the question. The question is not, did he die for our sins on the cross? The question is not, was he buried in a borrowed tomb? The question is not, did he only stay there for three days and three nights? And the question is not, did he come forth? from the dead and lives again the question is not whether or not he walked on the face of the earth after he was resurrected the question is not whether or not he ascended to the right hand of the father all of those things are deliberately and accurately recorded in the word of god with which is without error and can be trusted for doctrine and truth in all that you believe you can know these things are true and most folks in this room, if not everyone in this room, would say, Preacher, I believe those things are true. I believe everything the Scripture says about Jesus. I do believe he's the Son of God. I do believe he's born of a virgin. I do believe he lived a perfect life. I do believe he did miracles and, and told the truth. I do believe he was crucified on the cross, that he died. He was buried in the tomb. And I do believe that he arose after three days and three nights and that he ascended to the Father and he is alive today in a place called heaven. Most everybody in this room, if not everyone, would say, that's what the Bible says. And I've been taught the Bible is truth. And I believe that's the truth. Could I get an amen? All right, as we walk in one accord in that, that that is the truth. That is not the question. The question is not whether or not the Bible is truth. The question is not whether or not the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is, have you experienced the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ that is offered through his death, burial, and resurrection. Do you know him? This morning, these three people who got into the baptistry understood full well as we sat in my study and talked this morning and I explained what we're going to do in baptism, but more importantly, I explained to them the meaning and the message of baptism. I explained to them that it's an act of obedience of doing what Jesus did and what the scripture teaches that every believer ought to do. And we follow, we often say, we follow Jesus in baptism. We follow him, become his followers, and the first act we ought to do as soon as we can is to follow him in believer's baptism. Now, there's a difference in just going through the baptistry and experiencing believer's baptism. You see, in order to experience believer's baptism, you first must be a believer. That doesn't mean you just say, well, I believe the Bible's true. I believe everybody knows Jesus 
is the Son of God. Everybody knows he died on the cross. That's not what I'm asking. Do you believe on him as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you given him your heart? Have you given him your life? Are you serving him faithfully? Are you trusting him in every day of your walk that not only did he give you life when you confessed him and believed on him, but he's given you life every day since. He's given you eternal life that will never be done away with. You will never, ever die spiritually. You'll always be alive in Christ Jesus. That's the reason when the scripture talks about saints, believers, Christians who have passed away, they don't call them dead. They call them asleep in Christ Jesus. They're not dead. Their body is dead. I do grant you that. But they're more alive than they've ever been. Because, you see, when you're absent from the body as a Christian, where are you? Present with the Lord. Absolutely is what the Scripture teaches. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. Now, I hear a lot of things people talking about. Oh, granddaddy's in heaven. He's catching the biggest fish he's ever caught. Every time he casts, the, the next one's bigger than the last one. That's a bunch of hogwash. He's not fishing. He's praising Jesus if he's saved. He's praising Jesus. He's enjoying the fellowship of purity and holiness and the blessings of God that he will know for all eternity, if he knows Jesus. But you see, there'll be those who never know Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, when they don't know Jesus as a personal relationship with him, Jesus will one day pronounce right before them, sorry, I never knew you. Never knew you. You never came into relationship with me. You never gave your life to me. You never received me into your heart and life. I never knew you. I never saved you. You never gave me the opportunity. When the Holy Spirit of God spoke to your heart, you ignored it. When the Holy Spirit of God convicted you of the truth that I am the Son of God, that I was born of a virgin, that I died, that I was buried, that I rose again, and you were convicted that I died for your sins, you did not believe on me. You did not trust me. You didn't give me your life and you didn't receive me into your life as your lord and savior therefore i never knew you and then he says depart from me you workers of iniquity now does that mean that christians never are involved in things that would be called iniquity no it's not true christians stumble christians fail Christians sin. They make mistakes. I, I hope you understand that. There is not a perfect person in the Christian faith, including your pastor standing before you. And you don't have to give an amen to that. But we are not perfect. We're not made perfect. We will be made perfect. We'll be made like unto him when we enter into his presence. But right now, we're imperfect people in the arms and a relationship with the perfect Savior. And through this life, he gives us what we need. He blesses us. 
He guides us. He forgives us when we falter, when we do sin, when we do do works of iniquity. He forgives us of those things. If we but confess our sins, according to 1 John, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Some of you, that's Greek to you, perhaps. You've never known that kind of a walk. You've never known that kind of assurance. You've never known that kind of a faith of, that because Jesus died for you on the cross and you said yes to him, I ask you to come into my life and I crown you as Lord and Savior of my life. You take charge. I've, and you've never come to that place. Then you're one of the ones that Jesus is talking about. I never knew you but Jesus I knew about you Jesus I went to Delray Baptist Church one time or 20 times or 360 times Jesus said I never knew you and you know what he can say back you never knew me you may know a lot about me. You may can remember a lot that the preacher said or a lot that the Sunday school teacher said or a lot that the vacation Bible school teacher said. You may remember a lot about what your grandparents said to you or your mom and your daddy. You may remember a lot of things that you know about me, but you don't know me and I don't know you because you've never believed on me, trusted in me to give you forgiveness and everlasting life and crowned me Lord of your life. You see, these folks that went through the baptistry this morning, they felt full well knew that they were giving you their personal believer's testimony. We talked about it during the Sunday school hour. They knew that their baptism was a testimony of their death to sin. That's what we just read out of the book of Romans. Don't you know? You're dead to sin. They are their death to sin and their newness of life in Christ Jesus. And so their baptism was a testimony and a demonstration. Watch this. Of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You have not only heard the gospel, you've seen the gospel portrayed through their obedience. Paul said, as he died, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. And as he was buried, reckon yourself to be buried with him in your baptism and as he arose and lives again reckon yourselves to be made alive in Christ Jesus and rise and walk in that new life that you have that is not some preacher story I've given you the unadulterated word of God today I've quoted from scripture after scripture after scripture I've told you the gospel and the truth as it's presented in the Word of God. I didn't give you a sermon with one, two, three points. I gave you the gospel. It has one, two, three points. The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus.
The question is not whether or not that's the gospel. The question is not whether or not if someone believes on the finished work of Jesus, they'll be saved. The question is, have you trusted him? Are you walking with him? You might say, well, preacher, I remember years ago, I, 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 I came forward and I, I was baptized. I joined the Baptist church. I didn't ask you if you did all that. That's not even a testimony. The testimony is a life that's living for Jesus. Trusting him, walking with him, giving him praise and glory in our lives. So the question is, have you died to sin and come alive in Christ Jesus? Have you been buried in baptism signifying his burial from his death on the cross? And if you come forth, is your life one that's different, a new way of life, one that lives for Jesus, one who blesses his name in the way that they talk to others and the way they treat others and the way they give glory to him? Is your life that kind of life? You know, so many times, People will try to give a Christian testimony and they'll just go back to when they, when they quote, were saved. When they go back to when they joined the church. Go back to when they were baptized. You know, those, those moments are important. That's the beginning of the Christian life. But the commitment of life, the commitment of knowing Jesus is to serve him, to walk with him, to love him, to be faithful in all that you do. Make mistakes. You doggone right, we make mistakes. Sin, those are the mistakes. Sometimes ungodly things. All sin is ungodly. But faithful in trusting Jesus, walking with him, and giving him your life. I want you to ask yourself the question, am I a believer? Am I one who believes in Jesus and walks with him? Am I a believer in him keeping me safe and blessing me and Lord of my life, am I that believer? Am I the one that has truly been born of the Spirit of God? Am I demonstrating my commitment, my love for Jesus? Am I demonstrating it in the way that I live? What an awesome time to simply just listen to the simple gospel, which is Jesus died, Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. The question is, do you know him? Do you know him? And the second question is, are you living for him? Who's being glorified in your life?
Where does all the attention go in your life? When people see you live, when people hear what you say, and when people communicate and fellowship with you, do they thank you for being an example, for being a Christian, for loving them in Jesus? What is your life? It's to be one that follows Jesus. It is to be one that gives him glory and praise. It is to be one that's true even unto death. Would you bow your heads, please? Right in the stillness of this moment, why don't you in your heart pray a prayer like this? Lord God, I fail to be what you want me to be. I'm a sinner. I'm in need of your forgiveness. Lord, I ask you to forgive me, and as I trust in what you've done for me on the cross, that you died, you were buried after that, and you arose again, and you live today. Lord Jesus, take control of my heart. Take control of my life. Help me live in a way that's pleasing to you. Help me live in a way that will bring glory to your name. Set me free from the bondages of my life and give me peace and joy and hope. Jesus, I believe. I trust you. Thank you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer or similar prayer, I'd love to talk with you for a minute. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to have the the experience of hearing your testimony of what you have done this morning in this room or maybe prior to this morning. I'm going to be standing down front as we sing a, a song of invitation. That's what we call it. Let's not waste the moment. Let's respond to his invitation Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy, and my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He invites you to do that. Would you trust him as we stand together? You come, would you, right now?